You're listening to a podcast by the Center for Action and Contemplation. To learn more, visit cac.org. Greetings. Uh, I'm Jim Finley. And I'm Kirsten Oates. Welcome to Turning to the Mystics. Welcome, everyone, to this bonus episode of Turning to the Mystics. It's coming to you in a time of Advent, which is such a significant time in the Christian calendar that we thought uh, Jim might help us pause and take a moment to reflect on this mystical meaning of Advent. So, Jim, thank you for taking the time to lead us in this reflection. Yes, thank you very much, Christian. Thank you, yes. Um, <clears throat> Yes, uh, you know, I, I must say, actually, I had several, something else prepared, and then just this morning as I was preparing, I have this image I want to share with you now came to me, something that I've shared a long time ago. I haven't thought of it in quite a while, so I'll, I'll share it. I'll share it, and then we'll do a little sit at the end. It's a, kind of a mystical sensitivity to the mystery of the birth of Christ in our life. Um, the, the image here is a kind of a parable or a story of imagining that there's a child who um, dreams of having a pony. And as Christmas is approaching, the child tells the parents how much he'd love to have this pony. But the child also makes sure she's very aware that it's too much to hope for, you know, to hope for a pony. But as it so happens, the parents get the pony. And they keep it hidden away. And on Christmas morning, uh, when the child comes out under the Christmas tree, there's the presents there. And they, the child opens up one present at a time. Here's a pair of socks from Grandma, and here's your video game. And the child says, oh, thanks, and all that. And uh, so then the, the mother says, well, I guess that's it, like that. And that's it. And then the mother goes, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Well, what's this? Here, come on. And they take the child out into the back, and there's the pony. So the moment the child's face lights up, that the gift too good to hope for is given. We can say this about the parents. They're not there. That is, they're not there dualistically observing themselves, observe the child being surprised. Rather, they're lost in the child's face. That love does it to them. Love does it to them. And yet, when they look back on that moment, they don't look back on it as loss, but they look back on it as uh, pure gain. It is as if for a fleeting moment, the gate of heaven opened. And what their heart knows is true, that ultimately only love is real, was revealed to them. Now, with this imagery in mind, what if when God created you, um, God gave you the gift of your life. And it's all wrapped up, and it takes you uh, 90 years to open it. The older I get, I keep increasing that age. So I keep, uh, keep advancing in years. So let's say the moment of your death is the moment the lid comes off the box, and you're able to see what God gave you in giving you you. And when the lid comes off the box, you see that what God gave you in giving you you was God. 
and just stunned by it, like amazed by it. You look up into the face of God, and God's not there. God's lost in your face, lost in God. That God does, that love does it to God, and love does it to you. And this is why there's no God who's dualistically other than the miracle of you. And this is why there is no you other than the miracle of God like this. Now, with this imagery in mind, this poetic imagery in mind, we might say that this moment of being mutually lost in this unitive mystery of love is a very poetic way of speaking of the mystical experience. The, the mystical experience, that is, these, these moments, these intimate moments of realized oneness that come to us in these ways we've been talking about in the writings of these mystics, that, that wash over us in the midst of nature or intimacy with another person or solitude or birth or death or creativity. They come as they come. They're given to whom they're given. But there is a moment in which we realize that when Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly, that that life is at once God's life and our own as one mystery like that. So this then is the birth of Christ in our hearts. This is the birth of the unitive mystery of this one life given to us. Next we see that this, these flashes of awareness, these birthings, seen in the, in the poetic imagery of these sto this story, is they tend to be very uh, fleeting, and they tend to be easily eclipsed by the details of the day that close off experiential access to this oneness that we know alone is ultimately real. And so what we see in the mystics then is when they bear witness to this awakening, to this Christ event. They bear witness that in these moments of awakening, there isn't something more was given to us, but we fleetingly glimpsed within ourselves what every moment really is. And then we see there is the gift of the desire to abide in the depth so fleetingly glimpsed, which is the path, which is the path. And this path of abiding to habituate the consciousness of the one thing alone that's, all, only, that's always happening, which is the self-donating love, the reciprocity of love. Is, um, it comes to us in our, in our rendezvous with God in prayer, in reflective prayer, in such as we're doing right now, through words and thoughts and images and the scriptures and the teachings of the mystics. We listen to it, we take it to heart. It deepens in moments of wordless wonder, like contemplative quiet you know, in the stillness. And then that daily rendezvous in the stillness spills over, and we're sensitized how it's actually happening all the time. We begin to see that every time uh, somebody does anything that touches or awakens or renews or cares about, the gift of life. This is shining forth. And in our heart, we recognize that. And so what happens little by little by little by little is there's an ever more habituated state of this perpetual birthing of this unitive mystery shining out to the, to the um, vicissitudes of our daily life like this. And I think this is also important for us 
because it also helps us to see that in, in times of struggle and difficulty, such as the pandemic, or such as sensitivity to um, uh, layers of, an, of, of, an, of a prejudice, whether it be racial or religious or gender on whichever it's based, and how we act that out upon ourselves and the others, and we're tempted to become disheartened. That we know that actually this light, this unit of mystery, it doesn't take uh, the suffering away, but it shines through the suffering, is woven into the suffering, and is with us in the suffering, so that we in the suffering might learn to abide in the love that's infinitely more real than the suffering, sustains us in the suffering, and empowers us to be more courageously renewed in our desire to be more tender-hearted, more patient, more courageous, and more open this. So I, uh, this is my sense then of um, a kind of a mystical sensitivity to the birth of Christ, not just that 2,000 years ago someone named Jesus was born in Bethlehem, but in the birth of Jesus 2,000 years ago in Bethlehem is revealed to us this birth, that God's response to us in our dilemma is to be identified with us as precious in our dilemma. And we can learn to habituate the consciousness of that and to live by it and to share it with others, which is the teachings of these mystics that we're studying here together. So um, in this spirit then, uh, well, in this little uh, kind of mystical Advent reflection uh, with a little sitting. And um, as always during, during this sit, and you can extend it with, during the day, is a, it may be kind of a reflective Lexio sitting where you sit with these words, knowing that the words are beautiful because they're true. Reflect on it. And insofar as it happens that you cross over into wordless communion, as is given to you, you, you surrender to the wordless communion and then seek to uh, live it as you go throughout your day. So uh, in that spirit, then, uh, I invite you to uh, sit straight and uh, fold your hands in prayer and bow. And repeat after me. Be still and know I am God. Be still and know I am. Be still and know. Be still. Be.
always say the Lord's Prayer together. <clears throat> our Father, <clears throat> our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen. Mary, Mother of Contemplatives, pray for us. St. John of the Cross, pray for us. St. Teresa of Avila. Thank you for listening to this episode of Turning to the Mystics, a podcast created by the Centre for Action and Contemplation. Please consider rating it, writing a review, or sharing it with a friend who might be interested in learning and practising with this online community. To learn more about the work of James Finley, please visit jamesfinley.org. We'll see you again soon. Do you feel called to walk a more contemplative path? The Center for Action and Contemplation is an educational nonprofit supporting the journey of inner transformation. Our programs and resources will help grow your consciousness, deepen your prayer practice, and strengthen your compassionate engagement with the world. Learn more about our resources, such as publications, podcasts, email series, and events at www.cac.org.